Hello and welcome. I'm Vaughn, and I am joined by fellow Twin Geeks staff member Jack today. We're here to talk to the Film Lads, three friends who teamed up to make neo-noir stoner comedy The Lad Goodbye, taking notes from Robert Altman, Harmony Corinne, Tony Scott, Terrence Malick, and more. It's a wild ride, and we are huge fans of it. With us today, we've got Nolan, Kirk, and Victor. Happy to have you guys here. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, Yeah, for real. Very grateful. Very excited. So we just wanted to talk to you a little bit today about uh, the film itself and your process making it. We've got some some questions for you if you guys are uh, ready to talk about it. Shoot, absolutely. All right. Yeah. Uh, Jack, you want to take first question here? Yeah, sure. So uh, initially, how did you guys meet um, and form this sort of like film lads group? Um, and what sort of films were you like bonding over when you initially met? I, I, need, I just need to need some like contextual backstory here, basically. Uh, so I, I don't know. It's a it's a long journey because um, basically went through university, so that's like four right, years, yeah, yeah. right. So, but where it like where it first started was Victor and I um, in our dormitory, uh, you know, like residence or whatever you call it. Um, we shared a washroom together. So like of all the people on this floor, somehow I end up with, with this guy who we're both kind of the edge lords of the floor. <laughs> he sees like my death grips t-shirt and he's just like, oh, Amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, real hyped. But I think the funnier story is how Nolan and Victor kind of connected there. So you guys should jump into that. Nolan, you go. I'm forgetting some of the details. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, it is, it's a while ago already, but uh, what I do remember is we were in a, one of those big lectures, you know, uh, university lectures, and uh, just by chance, I was sitting beside Victor, or I don't know, maybe it was a couple seats away, and uh, Victor was on letterbox, and he was on the page for the movie It like that horror movie oh, yeah, um, okay. the Stephen King novel mm-hmm. adaptation with uh, uh, Skarsgård uh, what's his name anyway it doesn't matter <laughs> uh, Bill Skarsgård that's his name um, anyways so he's looking at that page and what I do remember is he just turned to me and was like hey did you see this what did you think of this uh, and then I was like yeah I saw it. yeah it was it was decent or whatever I kind of forget the other details but then we just started talking about movies and then I was like what what is that site you're on and he says oh it's letterbox it's so sick man and then I just got obsessed with letterbox and then we would uh, followed each other from that and then Kirk would sit with Victor and then I would you know sit with them and then it just kind of mm-hmm. the rest is history obviously I mean, normally when you tell that story, it sounds like a, it's a bit more like romantic. It sounds like Victor's like the smoothest guy ever. Like, oh, hey, what site you have there? Oh, it's Letterbox. You should join it, man, and, and follow me. Like, you know, like that's it's, right. That's right. Your business card. <laughs> that's right. Trying to actually, seduce. Man. Yeah, that is true. Sorry, I forgot those uh, romantic details of the story. That is absolutely true. He seduced me. <laughs> yeah, from the very he has that awesome. kind of power I'm good I mean, at that. It's, and it's on screen just look at bart look at him <laughs> <laughs> How can you not be seduced by that? absolutely 
And he was wearing earmuffs when we met. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't do that to me. That is not. Oh, that's great. Uh, so I'm curious, what was the the process that kind of led from you guys starting out initially uh, making your short film High Lad and then moving that onto your feature? Um, well, to be honest, it kind of started as a joke. Um, mm. It was kind of like, hey guys, we should make a a feature film uh, sequel to High Lad, um, where like it started with the idea of the ending. Um, all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like it was just like yeah Lester can't find Bart the entire time and then it's just before sunset or whatever so <laughs> it started to go and I remember I was driving back to um, our uh, apartment from um, like my parents house and along the car ride I started to get more and more ideas and then suddenly like in my head it wasn't much of a joke and these guys like yeah they they they're like yeah fuck it like it's not a joke anymore you know at some point it stopped being a joke i love that this is sort of like you sort of stop questioning it and you're like wait why does it have to be a joke why can't we make something like this why can't we follow through this ludicrous idea <laughs> i love that yeah. and, and it's a film, yeah to a to a short film no one's like seen you know <laughs> yeah. i love that it's the de- it's like dedicating yourself to yourself you know just completely committing to the bit and just doing whatever you want love that so the lad goodbyes is flooded with like cinematic homage and references from wider pools of cinema when did you decide with this film to sort of like just wear those influences on your sleeve and like have your favorite filmmakers embody different segments of the film was that quite early on within like the process and like how did you choose who to like you know tony scott or robert altman obviously like who did you choose to to sort of like study and then like reflect that back onto the film well i i would say that i do remember in the writing process um i logging into our our screenplay page whatever you want to call it and reading like um something about like it had something to do with Terrence Malick and song to song. And then I was talking to Kirk and Kirk was like, yeah, like just, what if we just randomly had like a Terrence Malick scene? Like in the middle <laughs> of this? Um, yeah. So I don't really know. Like it's just cinema is so indoctrinated into us. It's in our DNA. Mm. And um, even like, so with Altman, the thing, one of the things I love about his, his, film his noir the long goodbye so much is that uh it really feels like even though you can you know very 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 much you can you can take that movie very seriously uh with a lot of what Mm. it's what it's covering but it also feels like it's it's uh it knows that noirs are funny to me and i agree with that sentiment i find film noir just like a funny genre it's just funny to me that there's like a a lone dude wandering around the city and like <laughs> just the ar- archetypes and tropes of noir yeah, is just yeah. hilarious to me. Um, so that's always been, and still is a kind of uh, narrative that I'm interested in seeing more of in films. So mm. um, 
yeah, there's that interest in me personally. But yeah, I, I kind of forget some of the other ones. What are you guys? Um, I well, like sometimes it wasn't even like a con, like not necessarily like a planned thing or something where it's just like yeah. okay, uh, you know, go from movie to movie. Sometimes it's just like the language that we're speaking to each other in. Like we're talking in terms of like the movies we've seen. Like that's what yeah. we know. Sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a shared communal language at that point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's great. Ex- express yourself like, oh, you know that that bank heist of being in the Dark Knight. And you'd be like, no, no. Do you remember like that part in La Jatte? And you'd be like, no, 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 no. It's that Herzog film, and we can do something like that. <laughs> well, yeah. There was there was very much when we were shooting. Uh, mm. One of the things we, one of the phrases we used the most, probably the phrase we used the most was to say, to long goodbye it, which essentially <laughs> meant to try to replicate the smooth lateral camera work. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. In that film. <laughs> Victor would say it a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> these guys, um, early on in the process, these guys were like trying to like make a shot list because like part of our philosophy for the film was like okay we'll go into these scenes with sort of like a plan but also yeah. you know gonna be room for just improvising right. that was something that uh nolan um picked up right away from what's that the sydney lumet book or whatever making, oh, movies. making movies yeah it's a oh, great making book. movies yeah yeah so Excellent read yeah but even great even book. when we're doing that part of these like you know um really like you know thought out shot list was just like and here we'll long goodbye it you know like it was like <laughs> yeah. and here we long goodbye it. like but literally literally like, writing that yeah. into the shot list just like <laughs> long goodbye it. that's fantastic so approaching scenes with like ideas of what you want to get out of the scene but leaving enough room to on the day have some fun with it experiment and just sort of like flesh it out in like an improvisational style exactly yeah and even yeah, every scene was... so, sorry, go ahead, Kirk. Oh, we lose him for Kirk? a second here. Oh, he's... oh. <laughs> he's, he's, he's gone. Frozen. There we go. Oh, no, he's back. Hey, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Sorry, Maybe. Nolan. You. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Um, um, it also depended on this. It was very dependent on the scene. So some scenes weren't really shot listed at all, like the last. You know, you look at the last 10, 15 minutes of the movie, there might have been specific specific images or kind of intricate shots we planned in the moment type of thing. But we knew going in that that would be a scene that would be very much, we're just going to we're just going to see where this takes us and and, and improvise uh, much of the actions and much of the camera work. But then there's other scenes where, no, we want to kind of we want to plan this out. So a lot of it just depended on the sequences. Was it like when you had like, was it written into the script for stuff like the rug story? Like we're going to do like a Tony Scott thing here, or was that more like in the moment Mm. you decided to like, where does that come from? Uh, That that was uh, Nolan at some point, Nolan just came and was just like, yeah, let's do a Tony Scott type thing for this because that was the only day where we had, um, other than recording the actual shed scene itself, where we had like multiple cameras going, and we actually recruited yeah. on extra help with like you know getting a a okay. 
second and even third camera on top of that so um that it wasn't in the script necessarily written that way but at some point nolan was just like yeah let's do it like you know tony scott let's get that different aspect ratio going like that that was only part of the plan at some point nice love that um so is it go ahead sorry i was just i just want to quick uh say that there was a time like during the pandemic where uh, we were all kind of seduced into the world of vulgar or tourism. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this <laughs> so, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, that kind of brought us into Tony Scott. Um, Victor, I don't know if you want to touch on VA at all, but uh, v- that was Victor introduced me to Letterbox, and he introduced me to <laughs> vulgar or tourism. So, you know, I owe a lot to Victor and hi, mom too. Hi, mom. Yeah, like yeah, we gotta watch this movie with De Niro called Hi, mom. Life changing. So, just wanted to shout out those things. Hi, mom started all of this, literally. Yeah, there'd be with no highlight without this without it. That's awesome. Um, so it's obviously it's an independent production, and there's music throughout. What was the thought process behind these needle drops? And um, part of it too is just like um i don't know like we're all pretty big music heads like we love music so like making it's a bit hard to to use um what you know resources are out there right now for um you know um copyright safe type things and like there there are a million youtube videos out there with like copyright music in them just out there for free and the the game plan was always kind of like let's just put it out there for free like we're just making this for us and like uh, our homies on on letterbox and discord right um so um and if other people enjoy it that's amazing and stuff but um, yeah right at the end of the day it, it was made uh under that context so yeah it was kind of just like screw it you know we're not we're not doing the festival circuit we're not yeah um you know trying to send this to the oscars or some crazy <laughs> shit you know and <laughs> as far as the financial resources we did had um like we got super lucky with that because of the pandemic um in canada we had this thing called serb which was just like mm. if you were working a job um you would get two thousand dollars a month if you got like uh let go temporarily because of the right. pandemic and I was working a part-time job at, at the record store at a record store at the time. And because um I still had like resources um from like uh you know, living with my parents and stuff, like that was just an extra two thousand dollars coming in. So like yeah. <laughs> most of the budget for the movie, like uh at least what we started with, because we ended up all putting like a lot more money into it, just came from that two thousand dollar serb check, like w- one or two of those. So Honestly, if the pandemic didn't happen, like the film probably would never happen. <laughs> it's a it's like a byproduct of yeah. COVID. That's an interesting yeah. tagline. Absolutely. <laughs> and especially filming it even. Like that's something that I don't even really think about too often is that we filmed it in the middle of the pandemic. So like, you know, no one like we didn't get too many people stopping us to be like, Hey, are you guys shooting a movie? Like what are you guys right. doing? Like do permit for this or whatever, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah part of that is just like all, all these places were kind of empty you know so 
Oh, that's great. Yeah, take advantage of the the be do the best you can with the situation you're in. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and just being like so, practical about it as well. Yeah. So the through line of the lad goodbye is this stoned logic. It's this hazy, giggly web of influences and ideas that you have, whether in writing or on the day. But um, like, despite this, the narrative is actually like really strung together. Like, it's really elegantly sort of. It goes from one b to b, a, a to b to c to d, and it'll diverge into something completely wacky, but it'll always like resolve and come back into itself. So, what was your like writing process like? I know there was like improvisation on particular scenes and things, but like in terms of structure, in terms of collaboration between the the three of you, like, what was the writing process like for this? So, um, as Nolan kind of like alluded to earlier, there was kind of like a, um, we had a shared script. Um, a lot of the early writing was Nolan and I, and basically mm. I would write a scene, Nolan would write a scene, I would write a scene, Nolan would write a scene. And, um, it kind of started like that without like a necessary structure. And we kind of put it together, together later. Um, right. but interesting. super interesting because I would, you know, have a bunch of scenes written out, some ideas, and then I would go look at what Nolan was writing and, uh, it would be like, okay, um, Lester's like hopping the fence to get into a mansion of his ex-girlfriend, like this big, like, man, <laughs> uh, in a bar, like, uh, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm like, how are we gonna get these locations, dude? This guy's fucking massive. Like, I'm like writing like he's Lester's chilling in the apartment. Like, it is blah, 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 blah. <laughs> cost effective, cost effective writing. I love that. <laughs> but you know what? Um, it like we ended up getting those things, which was mm. more impressive to me. Like, um, so I'm glad Nolan was going bigger with it. I, I was, to me, seeing that ambition was uh, inspiring. It was like, fuck yeah, you know, like let's go. Yeah, it's great that that stuff worked out. Was that also partially kind of a byproduct of the pandemic? Like, hey, the bar's empty. No one's here right now. You guys can use it and shoot <laughs> yeah. here. Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> um, was like, uh, Victor's girlfriend, actually. Yeah, my girlfriend yeah. actually hooked us up with the bar. Her, like, family friend owns the place. Oh, so okay. they were able to let us oh, in, like, yeah. on, like, a, I don't know, like a Monday morning or something like that. So it was just, yeah, it just worked out perfectly. Oh, that's great. Um, I just want to say uh, about about the, some of the structure that you're asking about. I just and I, I can't believe this happened is that a lot of the kind of order of scenes and the way you see them unfold in the movie, especially toward the end, didn't even come from the pre-production or writing process. Like a lot of that uh, came from like as we were shooting even, which is just insane to me that we were able to figure out like like for example i think in the script lester confronts uh chauncey in the car before um lauren lovegood, lauren lovegood. but mm. ultimately that like so many scenes got rearranged um as we were shooting okay um yeah, I think especially during the night sequence, as we were starting to figure out more of the film, Nolan and Victor, actually, do you guys want to talk about the one thing we added to the final bit that, like, was, 
that was crazy that that would happen on like the day of kind of deal. Yeah, Victor, you speak on that. What are you talking about? <laughs> that. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm one second. <laughs> oh God, I've got props. <laughs> got visual but this guy right oh, here yes. Yes. That's great. It, was, it was never in the script that this was going to be given to lester from yeah. bart it was always yeah. just going to be this was for chauncey and this was like a you know a strain that would be in their relationship forever and then as we were shooting we just decided you know like morning <laughs> of morning of shooting the ending of the movie we, wow yeah wow what a miracle I, I think it changed the movie, like, completely. 100%. Like, I think that changed my perception of the movie as well. Like, when I saw that come back so much later in the film, I was like, fuck, these guys know what they're doing. This isn't just, yeah. like, people making a YouTube well, we video and calling it a film. This is a real film. Yeah. It's been sold out. I love that. I I'm love almost that so embarrassed much. that it wasn't in the script, you know? Like, I know. <laughs> we figured it out. We figured it out, okay? Yeah. As long as it comes together, that's all that matters. Mm, exactly. yeah. um, so you guys kind of mentioned it a couple of times um, Letterboxd in general but you guys have referred to the film as being a part of sort of this Letterboxd new wave um, what's been your experience with Letterboxd as a platform and how has it like how do you think it's influencing this next generation of filmmakers well I can say one thing Nolan talked about vulgar tourism earlier <laughs> mm. and a big thing with Letterbox is just it expanded my taste a lot, you know? Like I I my taste was much more narrow before, but things like vulgar tourism just allowed me to appreciate things that I don't think I would have appreciated without Letterbox cuz I mm. I saw vulgar tourism and I see all these movies and I'm like, what? Like people think these are good movies, like <laughs> what's what's going on here and like me and Nolan started watching them and I, I got interested with it and I started to appreciate them for what they were. And I just think it made me a more open-minded cinephile and it expanded my palette and whatnot. Yeah. That's... What about you guys? Um, well, I think another really important part is uh, the community aspect of it for sure. Right. Um, which like, you know, leaks over onto like Discord and Twitter and other platforms and stuff, but you know, all goes back to Letterboxd at the end of the day. Um and I think that aspect to me um was like a really important part of the film, uh, like just in terms of like grounding it in that. Um even in end of the thank yous, like the the first thank you we drop is for um, a Letterboxd reviewer named Brandon Habes who writes really, really good reviews and just um, even like beyond expanding current tastes, like just make makes you think about films you've already seen and loved in in uh, new ways and, and interesting ways. Or, um, you know, Nolan and I would jump into Discord calls with the with some guys on the internet all the time during the pandemic, just watching movies during the day and then talking about them at night so oh um, yeah yeah and yeah, then um, yeah sorry no, no go ahead. you gonna say something oh sorry. um no i forgot what i was gonna say sorry <laughs> <laughs> no I yeah just... i mean i like like i said earlier victor got me in a letterbox and <laughs> and the rest is history uh it, 
it's it's the best website there is like <laughs> you know like i i have another monitor uh, up on my screen and it, it's got letterbox open right now and i can see john ford's entire filmography and you know i just think that's amazing that we can do that sunk <laughs> so many hours into this website over all these years just still just always open in a tab somewhere yeah. just ready ready always, for anything always there. <laughs> the, and I, I love too like uh recently i was at the toronto international film festival like going oh, into nice. and then seeing other people on their phone like refreshing yeah. their letter <laughs> like yep yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, taken that over. was, such, a, it's that become... was such an interesting thing too, because because um, I remember we saw the new Spielberg at TIFF, and mm. after seeing like people log the movie on Letterbox and going, "Oh my god, that person was at like the screening we were at, like they, they were <laughs> yeah. at TIFF." Yeah, like, yeah, making connections there. <laughs> and so just oh sorry oh go ahead go for it uh i was just gonna add that that silly letterbox new wave term um that was just a silly thing i kind of kind of made up to to throw out there because there are a lot of um aspiring filmmakers on the platforms mm. and 100 yeah i feel yeah, like yeah. a lot a lot of them don't have the like i don't know what it is but some of them are aspiring but don't go out there and like make it happen you know definitely. so um definitely want to encourage people to do that and saying like, like there's this new wave you know like yeah. part of me is just maybe it'll entice people to get out there and, and uh you know make a make a movie so yeah it's it's the jump you need between i'm an aspiring filmmaker i would like to make a film and i'm an aspiring filmmaker these are films i've made like yeah. i am a filmmaker at the moment and i think like you see a lot more of that these days on um, PMDB, so you can upload your own uh, entries and stuff, and obviously that goes to IMDB and Letterboxd, so people are uploading their shorts, and they're making connections, and collaborating, and it's really interesting to see like Letterboxd go from what it was like five, six years ago into like what it is today. I think it's really cool. So, um, for this production, with the cast and crew just, like, solely friends, friends of friends, did you have to, like, go out of your way to, like, hire extras or, like, list ads for cast members or any help with crew, or was it all just buddies? Most of it was uh, friends and family as well. Uh, both my parents and Nolan's parents are in the movie, actually. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, mostly friends and family, but um, John Wayne, the cowboy, Lauren Lovegood, uh, Chauncey St. Clair yeah that's it three, right yeah. those three we actually uh put out casting calls and no way tapes and whatnot and yeah that's awesome john john way man what a what a guy <laughs> that <laughs> is yeah he's he's, and... fair. he's gonna get the spin-off sequel i'll tell you <laughs> <laughs> and um dimitri the guy who plays john wayne is a really nice guy at our first screening he was the first one to come up to us and you know congratulate us on the mm. you know the film and stuff so yeah um but yeah even even doing that like um reaching out to these people and getting them hired on like uh we we paid all of them right and they were super grateful for that they were saying like how many student projects they'd worked on 
where they didn't get paid beforehand and you know um what bad experiences they had so we, we tried to you know whether it was friends or family like or paid actors like bring the same energy and vibe to the set yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, um dimitri like when john wayne slaps lester like that was dimitri's <laughs> idea so like um encourage that uh yeah sort of creative entry yeah yeah, yeah. awesome <laughs> it's funny too because I, I say this a lot uh to victor nolan like what are what are some of the things when you read about like you know making an independent small budget movie like what not to do don't have a large cast don't have lots yeah. of locations right and we put we do both of those <laughs> things and it actually worked yeah. better for us in terms of like using the resources we did have because um we didn't have to you know keep calling a um like a busy friend back to like work on our movie right yeah 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 film the scene and then go and a lot of scenes outside as well i just i want to add that a lot of people watching yep. our movie they don't see certain difficulties and the scenes that we shot outdoors the exteriors were infinitely more difficult than the interiors purely on a sound level um yeah okay just dealing with wind right is it's insane and so every time we were filming a scene indoors there was like i remember just breathing fresh air like oh my god <laughs> ironically <laughs> fresh air because we're inside yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um also too just like you're you're outside and and you don't think of this kind of thing but you'll be shooting a scene um the sun's out ideally you think you have the lighting figured out and then all of a sudden one you have your shot ready and then a cloud obscures the sun and all the lighting changes and mm. now you're in panic mode um so yeah we wait really... for nature to reset <laughs> yeah exactly uh, especially Canadian summers like there's a reason yeah. they oh, shoot yeah, yeah. or like <laughs> no here in like your summers that like the next day it's like raining and cloudy and stuff like but but the thing is some days um because it was like mainly the three of us for um, the crew, uh, if you know, all of a sudden we had an extreme weather change, we could be like, okay, let's push this back. Let's film, you know, the stop motion scene today. Like we had rainy day uh, things to to do and, and to film and stuff. So, so did that? Did you end up managing to keep mostly on schedule without any huge delays by kind of moving things around like that? I mean, it's it was kind of a miracle that we. <laughs> we made it all happen like it was a long long shoot uh we filmed 60 days so wow. um, yeah like a really long shoot and i, but I feel like I, I feel like you can tell that within the film because there are just so many ideas locations scenes like there's so much of there's just so much movie making so it feels like the production needed to have that length to get the most out of this script and the most out of these ideas on the day a hundred percent and even from like maybe things that won't necessarily be obvious like just sometimes like we're traveling like three hours to um like it's all around the suburbs of like the the greater toronto area right or um waterloo kitchener area which is all just you know the same kind of suburb vibe that's why you get that <laughs> suburb quality <Right>. or whatever <laughs> but like you know we'll have like 
the like big house that we have to drive like four hours to go film at wow one yeah yeah it's just a million factors with movies like yeah and and on this on the 60 day uh element um that is really interesting because it, it it brings something up that i've thought about a lot which is that we shot this movie in a completely different way than most movies are made so like you hear about a lot of productions and how oh they were they were doing like from sunrise till till dark they were they were filming like their entire waking life they were filming and there's an element of like how does one as a filmmaker who's putting so much on the line and has so much to think about how do they maintain the energy to to put their all into a scene into making a movie Mm. so for us a lot of times we did there were some days where it was long 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 days um but there were some days where it was like we'd have a night scene uh and we wouldn't be able to film it until it was dark and so we'd have the time and the preparation to yeah you know get the energy to to do the scene it's not like we were racing from one set to another like uh you know without ammo left like right i like the way we made this movie a lot and uh (laughs) i i almost worry if i you know on other projects if i have to do the kind of day in day out of yeah, I think you'd burn out a lot quicker and, like, the enthusiasm for the project also starts to wane if you're doing, like, 14-hour days for five days a week or yeah. something and just sort of, like, uh, everything gets on top of you, whereas spacing it out and giving yourself the time to think about it and, like, think about it between days and think about, okay, so that's done. Tomorrow is this, this, and this. And just mm-hmm. giving yourself that sort of, like, admin space as well. Absolutely. So I'm super curious. So you guys have a lot of this, these sort of different sort of cinematic techniques that you guys use throughout, like you do these sort of De Palma, like split diopters and stuff like that. Like, how did you guys go about (laughs) one, like deciding which of those things you wanted to use and then achieving that throughout uh, the, the filmmaking? I just want to say that similar to film noirs, Split diopters are just hilarious to me. Like every time they come up in a movie, a split diopter shot, like I'm, I love them so much. But I see them every time I notice them, I like lose my shit. I think they're the funniest film shot in the history of movies. Uh, so for me, it was just like we need to have those. Um, I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I, it was just it's funny that you say that, and then you look at our movie when is the split diopter when lester's getting fucking roasted called a cuck or whatever like it is kind of funny but like yeah we're a little sadistic to lester for sure (laughs) um but yeah a philosophy early on that we took on with the project was kind of that that citizen kane orson welles type thing where it's just like okay we've watched a shit ton of movies now we're making a movie let's just try and throw everything we've seen at it and um really like because we're making a movie right and uh we're gonna make the most movie movie we can and um 
learning about each of those things and figuring out how they work and how to make them happen was like uh, part of the process that we wanted to experience. So mm. yeah, that was also part of it was like growing as filmmakers, like let's just do a million different things in this movie and try and make it work, you know? Kind of building off of that, I'm, the, the, the sequence that I'm sort of the most curious about is like the whole sort of bad trip sequence. Like what was... How did that come about and like what were the how did you sort of go about constructing all of that craziness well when in the script like we had no idea what it was gonna look like like <laughs> yeah on the page it literally just said lesser trips out for five minutes that's all it said on the <laughs> like, the the drug trip was an ongoing process while we were making the movie like if we had one of those rainy days or one of those days where we didn't have anything scheduled like all right, let's sit down and let's let's brainstorm what the fuck we're like we're actually gonna do for this scene and you know it was just coming up with ideas along the way as we shot and then just trying a bunch of different things and getting as much footage as we could and then like doing something with it in the edit a lot of those trip sequences we didn't even really know what we were filming necessarily as we were yeah. shooting the scenes but yeah just let it come to life in the get it just capture as much as you can and 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 that was the last thing we actually edited was that and um again you see that thing where um different things are happening like it's not maybe necessarily one congruent style throughout the trip and part of that does come from the fact that um the editing process was like split between us like um it wasn't necessarily like um all three of us like sitting down to edit a scene or whatever right mm. and i do want to say like um it wasn't all like go like um come up with ideas as we film at the yeah. like, part of our uh pre-development like or pre-production um planning was like we had a giant like piece of paper and we just made you know your classic mind map circle in the middle bad trip sequence ideas draw a bunch of different lines and like there are so many ideas in there that didn't even like make it into the film just because we were like okay what are the what's the craziest shit we can do again um this was an instance of like victor pitching like crazy shit that was like that's way too ambitious like how are we gonna like lester comes out of a giant bong like and he yeah, gets yeah, yeah, yeah. do that what the you fuck can make it work <laughs> Yeah, how are we gonna do that? We'll figure it out. We'll figure I can't out. believe it works as well as it does. I didn't even it think it was good. Looks amazing. It blew There's my that mind one... that <laughs> that one sequence where uh, the the camera's moving through the the apartment and it's just getting slowly emptier and emptier, unless it's getting more naked. And it's just sort of like, I don't know how you pulled that off. I don't really know how you'd think that up. And it's just yeah, fantastic stuff in that dream sequence in the drug sequence. Uh, yeah, like that 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 comes from some of our more like obscure influences. Like, um, I got that idea from like a uh, Takeshi Ito, um, like he's an experimental Japanese filmmaker from the '70s. So, like, you yeah. know, even pulling from that, like, um, was part of like our our vocabulary um, in that. And yeah, that was it was a, a lot of work, and I'm glad uh in in your guys' podcast jack you were just like yeah like i'm glad they they put all this work into it because yeah uh, fuck yeah they didn't need to but they did <laughs> no no kidding. absolutely that's like, i think that's where most of 
like some of the enthusiasm around this project comes from is like these guys are just like friends who hang out and they like movies and they wanted to make a movie and they wanted to make the most movie movie but they didn't just like half ass it they didn't just say like okay that's enough we don't need to put any more money into this you you guys really went all out on every aspect of the film even like like post production stuff like i don't know what software packages you're using to make some of these hallucinogenic trips is is it after effects are you adobe guys i don't know but it's just it's like i can't work out i can't work out how you did it and it's like that comes across so professional in this it's so good yeah victor and i are da vinci resolve boys for life nolan da vinci resolve is... interesting got the hot take uh nolan which program do you use again i'm a final cut guy Final cut. yeah okay okay but, interesting. Uh, da vinci is great um it just it just uh runs slower on my computer mm -hmm. final cut runs pretty smooth for me but uh yeah i just want to mention on the trip um what was really important for us though when we were obviously yeah we're like coming up with these crazy ideas filming these insane sequences so many ideas of which didn't end up in the final movie like we filmed mm. so many different things um but the important thing f for us too was to uh you always need to have in the back of your mind like kind of the heart of the story or like what is haunting Lester the most so um in a lot of ways you can't just like throw different images on the screen like uh you still need to have like characters at the heart of that trip yeah and i think that's and when i watch that i think um i think we did a really good job of like um yeah it's it's conveying like it's a sort of inner turmoil he's going through at the moment it's not just sort of like oh so random this is just crazy stuff we can do with our computers and we can just pass it off as this hallucinogenic drug trip it's all like centric to the actual characterization of lester i think and, i mean um, i think it comes across well of just like let's make ex like whack shit but <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a good combination of both because yeah, sure. like okay this is this is this kind of looks cool like you know um, oh yeah you gotta have a bit of that i mean like you gotta have yeah, some fun with it definitely. but yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that, we had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> yeah, that stuff that those kind of base philosophies that you guys have definitely end up coming through in the in the final film really well, I think. Because um, you've got like these divergences and these homages and stuff, but it all does, like Jack said earlier, like it all does go back into into your main thing and your into your character and all that. And I think yeah, it really comes through really well. Um, but thank you guys so much for uh, coming to talk to us about uh, the movie. Appreciate it so much. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thank so you for having us. We're super great. Thank you grateful. so much. It beyond flattered. Uh, genuinely, it's like... it's it's a great movie. It's one of my favorite films of the year. Genuinely, like in my top five at the moment in my like letterbox ranking list because I just love it so much. Um, if you're listening to this and you haven't already watched the film, you can watch it for free on Vimeo. You can also watch uh, High Lad, the short film that this is based off of, which is on YouTube, I think. Um, have you guys got anything else to plug? Any handles? Drop your letterbox handles. Drop your Twitter <laughs> handles. Whatever you want to do. Uh, on letterbox, um, I Kirk. I am Kirk underscore. 
that's it. I I was trying to get just Kirk, but they wouldn't give it to me. So, <laughs> uh, my letterbox is Victor Dubina, spelled D U B Y N A. Uh, mine isn't. Uh, <laughs> mine's a little different. Mine's homeless Alto. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Sort of based off of Sean Parker's character in the social network. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, homeless Alto, one word, or you can find me, Nolan of Palo Alto. Uh, I think that's the handle. Um, but... and, and yeah, you can find all of our, our all of our films on our YouTube channel, um, the Film Lads. Um, Film Lads Productions. Film Lads Productions, and then um, the Light Goodbye is on Vimeo for um, reasons. <laughs> and <laughs> I just want to say, guys, like uh, that podcast um you guys did for the film was so good like thank you so much for that um my parents actually listened to it and <laughs> no so, way so, awesome suddenly they were suddenly proud of the film they were like oh like the film's so good like you guys can <laughs> oh my parents. the movie was good so i, I appreciate that uh score like you know you guys are <laughs> good you know for my parents they, they think a lot amazing higher. that's 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 all i needed to hear today that's going straight <laughs> at the top of my resume <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. No, that's that's definitely what we want to be able to do is you know support great independent productions like that. So I'm glad that it uh, I'm glad that it's working out for you guys. So appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Okay, cheers.